I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Monday night, 8pm, which can mean only one thing. It is episode 61 of the Live Lounge with me, Phil Bars, Jack Robbie Garwin, and Lee Boyce. And we've got plenty of to discuss over the next few hours. Gentlemen, good evening. How are you all doing? Just sprung that one on us that we've made it to 60. I remember celebrating 50. Something else I'm just about to spring on you, by the way. We've hit 22,000 subscribers. I've just seen that number tick over I as I was signing into the UV account to do a poll. We forgot to celebrate 20K. Then we hit 21. We're like, oh, 21.3, 21.4. We've hit 22. Madness. Bonkers. And that's all because of your support. Everyone, thank you very much. Well, whilst you're there, just drop us a like. And if you haven't subscribed, you know what to do. Boise, how are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Not bad, mate. You? Yeah, all good. Never a dull moment in darts, is there? It was another another fun weekend, shall we say? Yeah, a, a little bit fun. It's only there. It's only they're a little bit busier this week, looking at what the uh, the week ahead is starting store, starting from tomorrow. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll, busy week. we'll come on to that shortly. But yeah, the next <laughs> the next week is a little bit bonkers. Uh, everyone in the chat room, Tommy, Winita, Kieran, Raven, uh, Malachi, how are we all doing? Andrew, Bill, uh, Dan, Jamie, Jonathan, Sean, Steve, Philip is in, Paul, Harry, how are we doing? Daniel, um, Stephen, absolute pleasure to have you all along and say get involved in the chat room as much as you can um, and we'll get to the questions and we'll answer them as and when they spring up plenty to discuss remember share the links as well we've just tweeted and put out on facebook we are live so make sure that you um you share them where applicable but boys i suppose we'll um we'll do the reviews first and we'll, we'll start way back at the beginning Friday seems a long, long time ago now. But how good was it to have the Euro Tour back before we jump into the action? 
I love the Oracle. And I didn't see a lot of it. Like, I, I'm not going to be very useful for a large part of this segment because I was refereeing this weekend. So I've been on stage for God knows how long. On both days I got it, and I just fell asleep. I can't lie. But the bits I did see, the points I want to make now is, is just how much of an improvement they made to the production of the Oratory. Yeah. It looked fantastic. It, it's gradually got better over the last couple of years, but there's been a significant jump this year, it seems like. The camera quality... Um, the saturation of the colour, it just looks so much more more vibrant. The colours come through a lot better. The criticism of the Orator in the past, despite it being streamed, is always it's been a little bit dark, been a little bit dingy. The colours have never really stood out. The yellow matte helps obviously massively, and I think we'll get more branding now that Interveton will have longer to get their sponsorship going. But the little highlights, the little replays, uh, the little transition screens, all of that just made the production so much better. And it must just be a very, very small step away from having a pundit team as well. Absolutely. And all I'll say is watch out because some of those features will be coming to the live league in the summer. Ooh. That's all I'm saying on that one. But there are some, some new features going to drop um, soon. Before we jump in, Sean says, bought some new darts at the weekend. Let us know which ones you've got. Um, Jonathan says, Bet Jar enjoyed the return of the 180 song. That was the highlight of my weekend. That should be played <laughs> all day, every day. Uh, Henry is in as well. Hope you are good, buddy. Um, but without further ado, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in. And Friday seems a long time ago now. Um, but the prelim, well, not prelim, but the before the seed jumped in, Brian Roman opened the show, Euro Tour debut. Um, with a win, some some good stuff. We're not going to go over every um, result here. I suppose one of the big shocks, obviously, Nico Springer, defeating Jermaine Watamina. Jermaine's got a few issues. Yeah, Jermaine has got a, a few issues at the moment, but a lot of credit this weekend must go to Nico. Uh, watching it on Friday afternoon, obviously, while I was working hard, uh, Nico played very well, looked, looked very, very good, very comfortable. Um, back on stage. Uh, question marks are, are there for Jermaine Watamina, as you'd be expected to come through that first round tie, but um, a lot of credit in this one must start to Nico. Yeah. Um, Manos Rasmus defeating Wayne Jones. Wayne, Wayne played better than I thought he was going to, to be fair. Um, Daryl Gurney beating Fabian Schmutzler 6-2. Vincent Manavort coming through Adam Galas. Vincent was absolutely dynamite towards the end of this game. God, I know we were talking about him in WhatsApp because you were... Uh, working at, at, at the time on this one. Um, but the afterburn as well, <laughs> the Dutch destroyer. Yeah, look, he was, Vincent was very, very good. That was comfortably the game of the day for me. Those two were superb going back and forth at it. Um, surprising, considering the contrast in, in styles and pace. Adam is far more methodical than Vinny, and normally that would upset a quicker player. But yeah, Vincent was, was brilliant. Yeah. Um, Luke Wood has been Andy Bolton, if I'm being honest, I was expecting a little bit more from from X Factor Boise. I thought I thought Andy Bolton would have gone closer in this one. Yeah, not surprised with the result, but more the storyline. No. I'm with you on that one. Uh, it, it, it disappointed um, in this one, Andy, but Luke Wood would be expected to come through it. And it's, I know we'll touch upon the um, preview in it a bit, but it's a massive weekend for a lot of these players at the UK Open. Because we haven't seen an awful lot of them start the season. They need to get a, <coughs> a few wins on the board. And Andy Bolton, certainly one of those that falls into that category. Yeah. And then 
Dynamite, Keen Bowery. He had a fantastic weekend. Maybe not in terms of progression through the rounds, but in terms of performances and stature. God, he's, he's set a bit of a bar for himself here. He has. And the, the good thing for me, like I said, he didn't quite get the results perhaps, but he just looks... He's always been a very, very quick player, but there seems to be that little bit more intent of his throw right now. Just that little bit more composure as well. He is rock solid with his base right now when he's throwing, and that's so much more important for him when he had a little bit of a tendency to move around a little bit because he is so quick. Um, this experience will be massive for him. He keeps getting better, um, and he's starting to deliver on that, that talent and that promise that everybody's known of him for a long, long time. It's not easy coming into a sport when everybody's tipped you for big, big things for a while now. So he's, he's finally getting that chance to settle down and show what he can do. The big thing for me was we've said it enough on this show, he set the first arc and worked off of it. The first arc wasn't as rushed. Two and three followed quite quickly, but there was a, a definite set in dart number one, which I was a big fan of. Um, and then, yeah, just that, just last that game on... Yeah. Um, Ryan Searle, defeated by Richie Edhouse. And look, although Ryan Searle is a top 16 player... Richie Headass is very, very capable. And this was a horror draw for, for both of these. That I think, arguably, Ryan Sell beats most other people. But Richie Headass, boys, he played some super stuff. Yeah, it's once then. It's similar to the sort of uh, Nick Aldame I mentioned then. A lot of credit must go to Richie Headass for getting over the line. Uh, quality player, very underrated. Um, but Ryan Saul just didn't perform to the, the standard that we seen the back end of last year. Um, we, we've seen how, how well he's progressed and obviously he was part of the conversations the back end of last year is if the Premier League would then extend it, if he would be in and around that mix. But certainly need to find a, another year or two because that wasn't done enough on uh, Friday and full credit to Richard Edouce for punishing that and getting over the line with a 6-4 win. Before we move on, Rob Owen is in the chat room. I'm guessing you are comfortably in your hotel room preparing for tomorrow, watching us, mate. Welcome along. Um, you can tell who's playing on the Tuesday, can't you, nowadays? Which players yeah. come <laughs> in on Tuesday? <laughs> 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 um, it'll be in shortly as well. now that he's got his ironing done. Yeah, Jim, Jim, didn't, Jim didn't get to go home, bless him. Nor did Lisa. They were just like, ah, we're just staying. <laughs> um, moving on to the evening session, Louis Williams, 6-4 over at Dennis Nilsson. And this was a game, Louis made harder work of this than it needed to be, I think is a fair one, boys. Bit of a trait of Louis' game, I think, in the, in the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, definitely. Clearly got the raw ability, made a bit of a splash, obviously, at this event coming up previously, the UK Open. That was sort of the birth of Louis Williams as a serious dart player. Um, but he does seem to get tangled in these matchups a little bit too often for my life. He doesn't quite put away the easy wins as comfortably and as often as he should do when they're there for him. Yeah. Um, and then the big talking point, we had exclusion zone gate in match number, match number two. And I'm not quite sure if the exclusion zone was bright enough that um, Yanis couldn't see it, in the fairness to him. The stage was quite small. And as you came out and ran, it was a little bit narrow, to be fair. I think Merv did make 
a slight mountain out of a molehill, Boise. Yeah, it it seemed it to me as well because it did seem a smaller stage and he was stepping across it, but stepping across at the back, it's not as if he was walking back down the side of the exclusion zone from what I could see. It was more just a yeah. step across, just past the table. And it seemed a smaller stage and a bigger exclusion zone. And he, as he was stepping across, it, it seemed like Tim was just, like says, making, making a bit of it that didn't really need to be there, but he got over the line in the end. It was a bit of a scrappy day. Um, he probably needed that bit of drama. I know Dobbs didn't want his input on this. Here we go. <laughs> the exclusion zone exists, and it might be a little bit fussy and whatever, but if you stood in it, he's got every right to kick off. We said exactly the same about Michael Van Gerwen last year. On a big stage, I agree with you, but I don't think there was room to go walk around past the table without cutting the corner. I genuinely don't think there was he room. He managed it the last four legs after Ross Bray told him off for it, so there must have been room, Phil. Yes, it was tight, but everybody else managed it the entire weekend. <laughs> or, flip the coin, no one else managed to moan about it. And Merv stands quite far to the left as well, in comparison. There was plenty of room along that back edge. Tammy Merv's playing without Tammy Merv's playing. I'll go first. It's, well, it's the point we made about MVG and the point we've made about it previously. If you're not stood in the exclusion zone, you can't be told off for it, can you? It's there for a reason. Just get out of it and then there's there's no drama. Yes, it's it can be petty. Yes, it can be stupid. But that rule's there. If you're going to be in there, you, they've got every right to kick off when you do it. Yeah, I, I think it was slightly different to the MVG one. Does that one that more about standing too close to him at the back of it? Where this was in walking past, walking to the back end. So as he was coming out of the sort of the left-hand side, he was then walking across the sort of corner, whereas the MVG one was more in being stood at the bat and still on the exclusion zone. So I think it's slightly different, but uh, I don't know if yeah. Mervyn King really needs to start the possibility. Good weekend for Kim Hybrex. 6-3 win over Florian Hempel. Again, this was a match that, that Kim dominated and and played played some really, really good stuff. Dimitri Vandenberg, comfortable over Martin Lukman. And then shock of the day, Christoph Kachuk, 6-1 winner over Rob Crossgob. And I don't think many people saw this one coming. Rob only averaging 88. Yeah, look, Christoph was, was steady without being spectacular, but there's quite a concern for Rob Cross in the results department since he was snubbed for the Premier League. Yeah. Last year, he was just building up, nice solid campaign, started getting himself back to a level we expected, snubbed for the Premier League, and might get a bit of trouble for this, but when those around you make as big a fuss as they have about the initial snubbing, all that does is apply extra pressure to Rob Cross to prove people wrong. Yeah. Suddenly, a, a winner of a, a, a first round at a pro tour means more to Rob Cross than it means to 50% of the tour. The new guys coming on the tour need those wins to start accumulating ranking money. But in terms of a first round loss for Rob Cross in a pro tour, it's more damaging to him than it is to someone like Peter Wright or Gerwin Price, who have got the stature, who are in the Premier League, who are at the top, but they're carefree. Every single match for the first couple of weeks after Rob Cross is not included in the Premier League and 
social media and the team around him are kicking off as vocally as they are every single post every single chance they got to say it's wrong rob was robbed etc every single result for that short period is under the microscope for rob cross and the comparisons going this is why i should have been in this is why it wasn't picked yeah i don't disagree um and then simon whitlock absolutely battered Dragutin Horvath with, I can only say, another butchery of a dart. The dart he used looked like something out of Frankenstein's lab. Again, it had the scalloping, but the front end was just, had grooves cut everywhere. It looked horrible. However, he did go on average nearly 96, so it kind of been that bad. Just on the eye, it wasn't that aesthetically pleasing, Boise. Yeah. Not, not really a fat lot to add to that. You, you spot on with it. He seems to want to damage boards. <laughs> um, he seems to want to change. He'll keep working on them. Like he says, he, he doesn't get the amount of talk about his change of darts than what Peter Wright does. However, what we've seen over the past six, 12 months, maybe, is he changes just as much as anyone else, uh, Peter, in that category. Um, difference is, one is world champion and potentially world number one at some stage this year, whereas the other one is still trying to find his game that we'd seen a few years back that can push with a, the top players and get himself into the Premier League. So there's still work to be done there. But um, as you said, on, on Friday evening, he just went up and um, demolished his opponent with a, a 96 average, but still a lot of work there in the Whitlock day. Yeah. The, the German derby as well. Interestingly, won by Nico Kurtz against Gabriel Clements. And look, I think there's question marks around Clements this year, Gob. The form has not been good. Results have not been good. And you look at stats and everything like that. Nico Kurtz has beaten him with an 87 average. 6-3, fairly comfortable. Um, so a few questions for the German giant right now. Yeah, the A game's still there for me, for Gabriel Clemens. We just don't see it as often as we were seeing it. I think the issue is with his B game, we are not seeing the same consistent, just competitive level if he's not quite at the top to go and win games from Gabriel Clemens right now as we were seeing in the last 18 months as he shot up in the rankings. It seems to be a bit of a curse that if you make it to German number one, you suddenly have a massive free fall. Or... If you get beaten by a said player, you have a free fall. We won't mention that player because there's no need to, but the facts are there. Voicey <laughs> <laughs> knows where I'm going with this one. I'm <laughs> surely you know who he means. No, I've gone completely blank. <laughs> Dan Slam after Art Wolverhampton? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one, Jeff Smith wasn't a great game, but Jeff Smith gets over the line. Um, Philip says there are question marks over a lot of German players right now. Yeah, look, I, I agree. Um, sorry, Rose, but we're just, we're just saying it how it is. There's <laughs> question marks over Hoff and question marks over Clemens, but Max has, did he have injury as well? Gone away, rebuilt his throw, so he's back on the up again. But Schindler's back on the up. Hempel looks solid. 
Nico, you want to commit a little bit more. Then the youngsters coming through, Springer, um, where's he gone? Schmutzler, um, was, was fantastic in his first six development tours. Little too much too soon, perhaps needs to start building that that game against the top pros again. Now, I think German Darts is still in a reasonably solid position. There are yeah, certainly I worse nations out there. I think on that level, well, it's, it's, <laughs> in a, it's in a good position. However, if someone would have probably asked five years ago the position it's down to be in, they'd probably expect it to be a little better than what it is. Uh, probably one or two of them breaking into the the top 16, top 20 and maintaining that. Obviously, with all the help around Matsoff, what Clemens has done, a lot of pressure now on Hempel after some dud wins last year. I think there's a lot of quantity there coming through, which is shown now with the field and everything push on the German Super League helps that. But I'm still one who probably expected a, a German star to push on, if not a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. But, um, this is a little bit of a stretch, maybe. But if you take Marco Van Gerwen out of the equation, are the Germans really that far behind the Dutch, considering the 25-year head start they've had? They are, well, they are in front, even if you take them out, if you put Noppy and Dirk into I know the mix. You've got Noppy and Dirk, who are 14 and 29. Vincent, Vincent so we Jermaine, to... Jeffrey's going back the yeah. other way. Barney's on the way back up still. I think considering the head start the Dutch have had on the Germans, I don't think they're a million miles no, away. No, no. The, the Dutch have a lot more quantity on the tour. And once that comes to fruition, they're there. But I don't think the Germans are a million miles away. I'm probably more optimistic about the under-23s in the German rank right now than I am the Dutch. Yeah, fair. Um, Juanita says, um, hey, Phil, we have a new player up and coming. Noble signing autographs on the televised showing. Love it. <laughs> um, right, moving on to the Saturday. And first up, this is a little bit of a surprise for me. Brian Roman beating Jose de Souza 6-5. Look, wasn't vintage from either, but... Jose departs early. Boys, was... Jose needs a win from somewhere right now, I think. Um, yeah, I think he needs a, a, a clutch. I think even looking at the Open, he can, he can present opportunities where he can have a, a, a good run without meeting the top players. Um it can also swing the other way, but it needs to get either a Euro tour or a TV tournament and have that run of dames. And then we saw him pick up a couple of wins at the Masters, but it's a bit of a concern that, like says, he didn't get over the line in this one. Brian Roman had a good weekend, looked um, very, looked okay on Friday, then looked um, very steady on uh, Saturday afternoon. But yeah, there is concerns there for Jose, but he just needs those few wins and I think he can, he can push back up. But it also might be a, a knock on from um, disappointment, as we've seen with Cross this weekend from the Premier League. Same to be there for Jose. There's that pressure. He's, I'm sure he wants to get back in it. And as Dob says, toss the pressures on his shoulders to make sure he's down to the back end of these tournaments. I'm sure Jose is thinking exactly the same. Also, I'm not sure that Jose playing first in the afternoon suits him. 
Yeah, yeah we had. Yeah, we had that. Time. Yeah, I'm sure we had that. Um, at the Masters Everyone as well. first on Saturday and Sunday. Um, Not and Damon, Damon, Hetton, Damon Hetton's great run of form continues. He beat Daryl Gurney 6-2 and again played really, really well. Damon Hetter, depending on the draw at the UK Open, Gob, it's going to be a danger. Yeah, if, if you're looking for a, a, an outside bet, I think um, he's, he's one to keep an eye on for the UK Open. Could definitely move through the outer field, the form he's carrying right now. Yeah, no, Daryl Gurney is another in that category as well, by the way. I, I, look, he's, he's lost to yeah. Damon Hatter here, but he's another one that keep an eye on him because he won't be on yeah. the big stages either. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Christopher Tyski bails out to Louis Williams again. Uh, there's question marks around Ratajski at the moment for me. The Polish Eagle is not soaring at all. That This wasn't a great game. And Ratajski, a year ago, I think he wins this one comfortably, but not to be. Danny Noppet returned after taking some family time off for the birth of his first child. Congratulations to him and his partner. And he started off with a very solid performance um, to get rid of um, Mervyn King. Um, Nico Springer's good run of form continued. He outed Brendan Dolan. Dolan with question marks right now. Hybrex again carried on with Devin Peterson. I was expecting a little bit more from Devin after what we saw last time out. There were a few signs, but the average went south again um, for me. Um, Boise, I know you're, you're mates with Dev, but I was, I was expecting more after we saw a couple of decent 90s from him last time yeah we'd seen the performance against Luke Humphries I want to say on the stream um, and yeah. it looked like it was getting back I'm still not convinced that the dart is using is the right dart for Devon the length of it seems a bit too long that's best that he's known for his uh, his big scoring but yeah disappointing that he couldn't I wouldn't even say that the win over teams his team was playing very well but at least push him and perform better um, but he's another one who falls into the category that it's a it's a big weekend upcoming for him because if he doesn't get the um, a win or a couple of wins, the pressure just keeps heaping and heaping on his shoulders after a, a good year he had two years ago, which means it will impact more and more on his ranting. So a big couple of months coming up for Devon. Yeah, uh, Laura is in. She says hi from Maisie. And Team Joker, I hope we are all good, Laura. Um, and then James Wade, Vincent Van der Voort. This one won't make Sky Sports gold, that's for sure. But it was the machine who came through that one. And then I put in the chat room, in our WhatsApp chat, Nathan Aspinall returned to competitive action. And I'm not going to lie, at this point, his action looked absolutely horrific on Saturday afternoon. Um it got a lot, lot better, a lot, lot smoother. But on Saturday, there was a horrible little rocking action. Whether he needed to do it to, to, to just get rid of the dart or whatever, I don't know. But he, he fell over the line in this one with an 88. But encouraging, we'll come on to him more in a minute, but encouraging signs for the ass. We'll, we'll touch on him more later. Uh, then going on to the evening session, Dimitri Vandenberg absolutely routed Mentor Sulevich. Sulevich nowhere near at the races. Um, Dirk, again, an absolute demolition job 
of Nico Kurtz. Um, Joe Cullen, Madders Razma, again, not much danger. Then MVG against Keen Barry. This was a damn good game of darts, this one. Well, arguably one of the best games of the evening because both players gave it everything, Gob. Yeah, and look, these are the... It was weird because these are the sort of games that MVG's been losing of late. Very, very good performances against him. Solid all the way. Keen had his chances. Um, possibly should have been leading a lot earlier in this one. Um, but Michael just, just doing what we expect from Michael of old. It just doesn't transpire for the rest of the weekend. He's got one of these performances in him. It's just what happens next that seems to be the issue. Yeah, and then Gellerin Price had to come from behind. He was in a spot of bother early doors, but the world number one found the afterburners towards the end. 99, nearly a ton average, in getting rid of Richie Edhouse. I've still got no idea how Johnny Clayton won this next game. Because 3-0 yeah. down, 4-1 down, up against the wall against Christoph Kachuk, Boise, but somehow the ferret found a way to win. Yeah, I'm not. Don't remember who it was, so I apologise who put in the chat right at the start when we were talking about this. But it, I think it just shows now that Johnny Clayton is a top top player when he can have a run that he's had this weekend and not perform levels that we've seen. And it just shows that there's that bit of a fear factor with Johnny Clayton. You know how good he's on his doubles, especially down that left hand side of the board. Um, and this was probably another one. He shouldn't have won the day. Like I said, 3-0, 4-1 down. Shouldn't have won it, but there's so much there with a Johnny Clayton Dane that he's he's not only winning spectacular as we seen with Sundowns last year, thinking back to like the Grand Prix win, but he's also finding a way to depth through some of these names and win Udley, um, which puts him in good stead for the rest of the year. Yeah. Next up, the world champion. When I look at the stats of this one, he's won six 0 Gob. Averaging 88. Um, Luke, Luke Woodhouse has just had one of those days, only averaging 83. But of, of late, we've seen the sublime from right, and when it is good, it is unplayable. But we've just seen one or two of these 88s creeping in every now and then. And when I say every now and then, it's almost won a tournament. He's almost giving the field one opportunity to get him and if you don't you've got a problem yeah but how many times have we said that in the past about Van Gerwen and, and Bill Taylor and even, even oh, Gezi Price the same applies to Gerwin Price right now 100% the thing is the standard is, is ridiculous the depth in the field is, is so solid that they are going to get caught out by these poor performances but I'm just not sure we've ever noticed them in the past as much because of how good these players are and the fact they just keep moving through the field but there's definitely an element to a lot of these players where you don't catch them in the first round or the second round when they have that little bit of a blip you're not gonna get them and Richie had uh Gerwin Price very much felt like that in the Richie Edhouse game you just wanted that little bit more from Richie he's got ridiculously good scoring power when that first starts in but he needs to find that just that little bit more um, Luke Woodhouse is, is, is a far better player than what we've seen against Peter Wright in, in this match here. Um, just needs to, to keep his emotions in check that little bit more than what he does um, up on stage, I think. Uh, and even Johnny Clayton, look, you, you've got to catch these guys when you get the opportunity. Yeah. 
Um, and then moving on to, oh, sorry, Michael Smith beat Simon Whitlock again. Nothing massive in that one. Um, and then moving on, we know it's the business end of a Euro Tour on the Sunday, last 16 in the afternoon. Um, and this went in draw bracket order from here. Look, Cullen against Aspinall, it wasn't a classic from Cullen, missed an absolute bucket load of doubles. But Aspinall with a 95, looking better and better. Well, again, we'll touch on Aspinall more towards the end, um, but a good performance from him. Then James Wade, ton average to beat Kim Hybrecht, 6-1. This was a good game. Both of them going at it. 6-1 doesn't really do justice that, that Kim was in this game, Boise. Yeah, it was in this game. And it, it puts him in a good position because he's played well across the weekend. Um, and to, to lose this 1-6-1 is a bit harsh on him. He, he came up against a, a very, very good James Wade. Uh, so it's very harsh on Tim. The store line missed a couple uh, a daughter double that really tossed him early on. Um, but overall, a, a good weekend for Tim. And he's, he's one that I think he's one to watch this weekend coming into the Open um, because his form is just getting better and better. So certainly one that I'm looking forward to see uh, in progress over the next few weeks, months. Yeah. Um, and then Danny Noppet beats Michael Van Gerwen again 6-4. At four all, MVG missed, I think, four darts to hold. Throw and go 6-5. Paid the ultimate price in this game, God. I know you didn't see it, but that's what Van Gerwen's doing. He's in, I wouldn't say in control of games, but he was solid enough on his own throw that it wasn't really under huge danger. Misses four darts to hold. And at this race to, to six, the worst time to get broke. Yeah, no. It's the outer ring, isn't it? How many times in the past would we have seen Van Gogh miss three in hand at a segment, have a go at it? Four of 17 is, is not a double percentage success rate. We're used to seeing same for Marco Van Gogh. And even when he's been struggling, that's not a Marco Van Gogh performance. You still expect around 35% and upwards. That's what he's, he's always been there or thereabouts. That's why he's been so good when he snaffles that last dart in hand that you think you've got a chance at him. That last dart in hand isn't going as often as it used to be. And the, I always thought that Michael had a little bit of an edge over Danny Nopper. He was one that respected him. Danny had a little bit of fear in him, but actually, without checking it 100%, but I'm pretty sure Danny's recent head-to-head -head against Michael is pretty good right now. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah. Um, and then... World number one, Price 6-2 over Damon Hetter, 102 average. Price is starting to motor at this point. Hetter's not done a lot wrong, but Price just a little bit too salty. And then the all-Belgium clash again. This is an absolute battering. Uh, Brian Roman not at the races in this one. 86 plays 99. It's a 6-1 winner, Boise. Vandenberg in no danger whatsoever. Yeah, it's... Probably the, the performance is pretty similar to what we'd seen from Brian Roman all weekend. Uh, stepped up slightly to that past Jose, but didn't need to find a top quality standard. In this one, it was just Dimi doing what we know Dimi Tan and Brian Roman just isn't there yet. Uh, and I'm sure Dimi coming up against the fellow Thunderman wanted to put in a, a very good performance and see him off comfortably, and he certainly did that. Uh, 
fair play to Dimmer. He's another one who comes into that category. Yes, he probably, if we've eight players being picked, didn't deserve to be in that eight. But he's another one who's, who's focused this year. He's going to be on winning tournaments, getting to bat ends, just so he can get himself back into that mid next year. And I think already it's in the players' minds, um, especially the few that we've mentioned. And Dimmy's one of those, but in this one, he's performed very, very well. Uh, yeah, evening, Connor. I hope you are good, buddy. I'll see you at the weekend. Um, and then uh, it's an all Welsh affair, and Johnny Clayton yeah, has come yeah, through. Yeah, well. just sent me a message. Can't get his comments to work on his, his, his whatever he's watching there. Jim <laughs> and Rob both in. Yep. Good luck tomorrow. Um, and then Peter Wright, 6 2 over Nico Springer and Michael Smith, 102 average to beat Dirk, 6 one moving on to the quarterfinals. Nathan Aspinall six two over James Wade one oh two average from the Asp. Things are an improvement. However, we're going to come on to the caveat in the semi final. Um, then Noppert departs. Price six four ninety nine average from the world number one. Johnny Clayton again. I've got no idea how he's won this game. Dimitri Van der well, I do because Dimitri Van der Berg has missed an absolute truckload of doubles at key times and the ferret punished that's how he's won that one um and then peter wright last leg decider over michael smith at five all smith has the darts and puts in an absolute howler of a leg on throw and the world champion punishes moving into the semi-finals and this is where i think the aspinal wrist injury is going to cause him problems gob He's averaged 102 and played exceptional, but a quick break and a quick turnaround, and then he only averages 89. Is this the danger with these type of injuries, that one game a night you can prep yourself for, but stop, start, and trying to work it out may be difficult? Possibly. And the issue is that it's a complete wrong time of the year to have this sort of injury. The, the, the one game a night TV events are... Uh... September, October, November, you've got the UK Open, which is probably the most notorious back-to-back-to-back TV event going. The Euro Tours are back in full flow, and the next opportunity to play darts is, is Pro Tours. So, yeah, it's not ideal, but I think if you'd offered Nathan Aspinall a semi-final before the start of the weekend, because he hasn't thrown competitively since, what, the World Championships, he'd have absolutely bit your hand. Oh, completely. Completely. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll touch on him briefly in a minute. And then uh, Peter Wright beating Johnny Clayton. Clayton went 3-0 up. Wright wins seven on the spin. Um, good evening, Craig. Hope you are good. Which set up a very unique final, gentlemen. Not only were they competing for the international um, darts open, but the world number one spot was on the line in this game. It was the winner would be your world number one. Spoiler alert. This man is not giving it up without a damn good fight. Is he? I was having a really good weekend until that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool had so won so the league cup. The Elves have been sacked by Leeds. England won in the rugby uh, I'd refereed all weekend. Derbyshire had won. I got a little bit of a pay rise in there. I was like, this is brilliant. Peter Wright to be world number one. Lovely. Wake up. Go in price one. 
<laughs> um, look, it's just the the, the, the way the, the way it works at, at, because of the rankings and the amount you defend over two years and and whatever. But this man at the moment, genuinely, in my opinion, is the best player on planet darts. Peter Wright will be world number one at some point this year. We all accept that. But, Boise, for me right now, he is the best player in the world. Yeah, it can change It can change very quickly in this sport, as we've seen. But what I would say is if there's one player you want to avoid in the UK Open draw right now, it probably is Price. Just because, and the only one close to him is Peter Rice, just because with Price's day and what we've seen at the moment is the numbers, the store in the Dublin is just ridiculous. Where with Peter Wright, we have got that drop and little bit of inconsistency we can see. And we ain't got a clue what dart he's going to use across Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He does that far. Um, so Price is playing some sensational stuff and he's the one to avoid this weekend. Um, but full credit to both players. A lot on this, as we said, right, will be number one at one stage, but Price doesn't want to let it down. To perform to the standard that both of them did. Yes, there's a few missed doubles in there, but both averaging the 106 was just a sensational final. Every week we sort of talked about what dames could be contender for the um, contender of the year and all that sort of stuff. We've had so many already. Um, this doesn't match with the Premier League performance of Derwin Price from the uh, previous week. However, it was still so good. Yeah, um, Mace says it as well there in the chat room. Hope you are good, buddy. See you on uh, Thursday night. Um, he says, doesn't happen very often again for the shootout for the number one spot this year. It could happen a few times. Yeah, 100%. Before we move on, we're just going to touch on this guy here. We haven't seen him since the World Championships. We all know of the wrist injury. The action looked terrible on Friday, but some really good signs for Nathan Aspinall. Um, I just hope that he can ease his way back in and it not hinder his gear. Um, because he openly said he still feels bad and everything like that. So it's just a case of managing that schedule, Gob. Yeah, look. Like we literally just touched on the fact that it's possibly the worst time of the year to be trying to do that, but you offered him a semi-final to bit your hand off for it, and the fact the action got better over the weekend just suggests there was that little bit more confidence growing into his game that he could push the arm that little bit further and he could keep going without pain. Because you get that little bit tentative and edgy when you're recovering from an injury that you don't want to repeat whatever you did before and do yourself more damage or repeat, or you're not quite back early enough, like turning too quickly or trying to sprint too quickly on a, on a leg injury or something. Push your arm that little bit too far. You're back three, four weeks previous to where you started. So you're going a little bit edgy. And as you go through the weekend, you build up the repetitions and you just start to feel that little bit more comfortable. And I think that's what Nathan did throughout the weekend. And look, when Nathan's on it, he's a top, top talent. There's absolutely no argument with that. Premier League, major winner, etc. So... It's good for the game to have him back fighting because he's an absolute scrapper as well. Yeah. Um, Adrian, we won't dodge that subject. We'll come on to it uh, in a little bit because there is a talking point around it. So don't worry that we won't dodge stuff on here. If we can answer it, we will do. Um, moving on. Ignore the scores on here as well, everyone. Someone has obviously had access to Wikipedia and is trying to guess what the scores are going to be 
for the Premier League this week and the averages. So if they get these right, they've right, done well. As the, um, as the prediction for the lineup that they had when they were filling out no. data to build the page, that was that was entertaining. Yeah. Um, but Premier League action returns, and we are going to the cattle shed. I mean, the West Point Arena in Exeter for night number four after having a week off. And boys, this looks good, doesn't it? There's some matchups here in the quarterfinals, that's for sure. Um, match number one, the Ferret against Mighty Mike. Then we've got Michael Smith against Joe Cullen. Wright and Price do battle again. This is almost in a non-title fight because the world, the rankings are on the line in this one. And then I kind of feel sorry for the game that's on on last because it could get eclipsed by the ones before it. Is that is that why do you think this person hasn't predicted that last one? He's having a little nap before the comeback for the semi-finals. Yeah. <laughs> predicted three of the four and just stopped at Wade. Um, right, so match number one, boys. The Ferret against MVG. What are we thinking? We're not going to go firstly. How quickly you go quiet when it's prediction time. Every week. Every week. <laughs> hope the teacher doesn't pick on me to answer the question. Exactly. Exactly. And you know <laughs> you normally put your hand up straight away, Dob, and don't you like? So, you know, I'll let you the first. first man. <laughs> um I think Michael Van Gogh wins this one. Johnny Clayton. Well, what I was actually thinking. We're seeing that I was thinking if you the first for Dame one, you also the first for Dame three, and those ones are just to <laughs> be the winner. So that was my I was forward thinking, mate. Right, then I'll <laughs> slate you for whichever way you go in the final game. Um, I'm actually yeah, I've got MVG in this one. I'm with you. I think MV, look, Clayton didn't look comfortable at the weekend in scrape through to a semi-final. That's a great trait to have. But yeah, I think MVG beats him. Boise? It's a great trade to have and I'll see it continuing. I'm going against the pair of you on this one. I think Johnny Clayton finds a way to come through it. Um, so Clayton beats MVG. Smith Cullen. Boise, your turn first. Um, this night's horrible for pits. Um, I'm gonna side towards Bully Boy. Um, and I'm actually on this occasion. I am gonna follow what's on the screen. I'm gonna know that he beats him around that six three six four mark. But I think Bully Boy that's over the line. I'm feeling a good night for Bully Boy next to Gob. I'm a little bit worried for Bully Boy if he doesn't get a win. But I do think Colin beats him. Just seems to be losing those key moments too often again. That last leg against Peter Wright at the weekend is worrying. 
did all the hard work I'm to going... fight back into the game and then rumbled. I am going 6-5 to Michael Smith. He played some good stuff. <laughs> he played some good stuff at the weekend. Um, and quickly, and get involved in the chat room as well with these scores. Um, Reese, there's a quite simple answer to this one. Because if you are under 18 years of age, you can't go on Bet365. That's why you, why you subscribe. Or if you don't gamble, not everyone gambles. So there are plenty of reasons why you would subscribe to PDC TV. Moving on, game number three. The I was just curious as well. I was looking for a poll question. I thought, you know what, Eurotour's back. How many of our viewers actually yeah. subscribe? And look, oh. I'm going to be honest, I answered no because I still use Jar's account. <laughs> also, Phil, Phil, to add to that, if you've got PDC TV in an annual as well, you get priority for Free, major competitions, right? Yeah, yeah. Which you don't if you're subscribing Correct. or watching for a bit matter. So, there are many good reasons to subscribe to PDC TV. Um, right. This one could be an absolute belter again. These two just serve up classics. It is the world number one against the world number two, the world champion against last year's world champion. And God, it's got 6-5 written all over, isn't it? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. I think it's got 6-3 to the Welshman. Just seems to have his number a little bit right now. Boise? No, Peter Wright wins it. Um, however, I am agreeing with you on the basis, Phil, that I think it was all 11 leads. Um, but I think Peter Wright just edges this one. And probably there'll be a sense of frustration if he does beat him, because he's beaten him for a game where he's not done to world number one, but obviously beating him to progress in the Premier League. But yeah, I've been right, I'm sure it. I'm going. Peter Wright gets bored between now and Exeter on Thursday night. Rocks up with an absolute horrific set of darts before the UK Open. Tries them at the Premier League. Loses 6-3. Puts them in the bin. And then the last game of the night. This, this game, for me is all about how Gary Anderson scores. If Gary Anderson scores well, he wins this game. However, if he doesn't, he doesn't outscrap James Wade for me. I'm not I'm not sure on that at the moment. I think Wade is playing some some really good stuff. Um, and I I think Wade's favourite for this and I think Wade comes through it. Um, we've seen throughout his numbers in this and the weekend that he is finding a couple more hundred um, plus averages, and I think we'll see another one from him um, this Thursday. And I think he comes through and beats Darry Anderson. Uh, fairly close, bed sits four, but I think Wade comes through it. I know Dobbs just in a decent room here, just for the, the sake of it. It's two of his boys. 
No, no, look, week one and week two, serious concerns about James Wade. All his form seemed to have disappeared, had a nice open draw, as, as open as you could possibly wish for, without being disrespectful to anybody else, at the World Championships, and sort of blew it. And since that moment, struggled a little bit throughout the Masters and the first couple of Pro Tours and the first couple of weeks. Week three... Wadey looked a lot better, made the final, loses to Gezi, probably should have won it, and has started to look a little bit better at the Pro Tours and looked half-decent at times at the Euro Tour. That performance against Kim Hybrex we touched on earlier, 6-1, over 100 average, a 164 checkout, a 170 checkout. Wadey's finding the two trouble visits a lot more often, and that, that's what was missing from his game for a large part of the start of this year. And I just think it's a little bit difficult to judge because Gary's the only one that wasn't at the Euro Tour, and he pulled out the last Pro Tour as well, if I'm not mistaken. He pulled out on the Sunday, so we haven't seen Correct. him since the Saturday before that. Um, I just, I only see one winner right now. I don't see them going past the winner of the other quarterfinal in their half of the draw, but about waiting to win this one. I actually agree. I think James Wade wins as well. Which is concerning that we've all gone the same way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Wadey wins this one. So, semi-finals. Who are you going for from your chosen bracket, Gob? Van Gerwin takes on Gerwin Price in the final. Boise. Michael Smith beats Johnny Clayton to set up a final with Peter Wright who beats James Wade for a repeat of the World Championship final. I am going Michael Van Gerwen against Gerwin Price. But I think Price has his number right now. Price wins. It doesn't ask us for that. It just asks us for the finalist. Correct. And I followed your suit, Mr. Dalwood. So you two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for me, Price wins. Yeah, I I can't disagree at the minute. I, I think we have our fourth different winner, and I think Michael Smith beats Peter Wright. So you've gone from not Smith not winning a game to picking up the trophy. Yes. Rag, rags to riches. <laughs> yes. The ultimate exactly fairy tale right. from Boise. He's going all, exactly. all in. Can't win a game to winning the next up. <laughs> exactly that. I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, Rave, it's not it's not recency bias right now. Going price at times is unplayable. I think it goes two ways for Gezi as well. Look, he is not the most comfortable dart player in certain areas of the board. He very much plays to his strengths. If he's not leaving tops and tens, you've probably got a chance. Maybe twenty-four as well. He is starting to hit sixteen. Yeah, but he's very, very reluctant to leave it down there in that bottom corner. Which means when he's on it. And you give him a chance at it, 
probably going to hit it. When he's not on it, yeah. or he's having a little bit of a wobble, he's literally only got one MO. And if he's having a bit of a wobble on it, you've got a chance. Very much like Gary was a few years ago, does everything to avoid that bottom left-hand segment of the board. And Wade. Treble sevens yeah. to leave top from 61. Yeah. However, from Exeter, it is a short dash to the first televised title of the year, as in ranked title. The the Masters is the pre-season tournament. It's like when the Premier League teams go off to Dubai and play. Is it? I'm not sure it is anymore. The Masters has got two (laughs) players in the Premier League in two years. You need to put some respect on its name. Exactly. If I'm getting rid of one tournament across the year, it would be the Masters. Still, right. Um, but we go back to Butlin's Minehead. Last year, the UK Open was in an unfamiliar home of the Marshall Arena at Milton Keynes. But we return. And it is all on the line. Sorry, I can't make these any bigger. Um, but the draw was done today. Again, you know my criticism that is coming. <laughs> this one's a Did little bit it? difficult to do. <laughs> of, of all the draws, this one is a little bit difficult to do live. I'm not saying it's not complicated, but it could be done. And let's be fair, the rest of it is live. This is the, this, the yeah, rest of the tournament. It's scary, right? It's on stage. There's not behind a camera telling you it's live. This one is 100% live after this. Right. Before we touch on the draw, we knew that Mikhail Unterbuchner would not be playing. However, we learnt around four o'clock when the draw came out that Boris Koltsov is not playing. We weren't given a reason. Um, it could be that he just can't get here because there's no airlines flying in and out of Russia at the moment because of the the, the boycott of the country because of everything that's going on. We're, we're not going to get political. It could be that. But I think it is very symbolic, boys, that every other sport is kicking Russian teams, governing bodies, won't sanction whether it's Russian fighters or, or athletes, that I think the PDC may follow suit in terms of that, even if they could get over it. I might be wrong with that, but every other major governing sporting body is doing the same. So it would be hard for them to allow them to compete, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's an odd one because you haven't had it. Haven't had it. As far as I know, he lives in Greece. Oh, no, he used to live in Greece. He now lives in Russia, so he is back home. Yeah, he couldn't get it. Yeah, Look, he, he, he lives in Moscow. It gives the PDC that little bit more time to, to take their stance on it. The IOC, I believe, um, have given a directive to all sports around the world to stop Russia competing as a team. It's, it's a little bit 
what they've got at the minute in terms of they're not allowed to compete under the, the flag or the banner of Russia. They're allowed to compete as independent Russian athletes, etc. Um, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Like I said, you don't want to get political, but how much influence is not allowing Boris Koltsov to play darts going to have in the grand scheme of things? Other sports, the significance of a World Cup qualifier coming up in football and countries refusing to play that qualifier against Russia to play at the biggest televised football tournament in the world that attracts a global televised audience of billions of people, significant. Boris Koltsov playing at the UK Open, I understand that it's, it's the blanket gesture, it's the solidarity with Ukraine, but at the same time, you're punishing an individual for being born in a country for something going on that he genuinely might not agree with. Yeah, no, 100%. That's why I said we're not going to go, we're going to go into it too much, but we didn't know until four o'clock that, that Boris wasn't. I thought the timing in and around it when UEFA had just kicked, was it Spartak Moscow out of the Europa League? Um, but we'll, we'll we'll move on. Round number one of the UK Open. Well, I say we've got the the stages up there. We'll bring stage, other stages into play in a minute. But boys, we can't go through every single game because it's just not time. But out of the round one ties, which ones two ties leap off the page for you? My first game's an absolute stinker. Bradley Brooks against Roby John Rodriguez. Two very talented youngsters. Uh, Matt Campbell, Sebastian Bialecki. That's an interesting one on stage, too. I'll probably tune in uh, to PDC TV for that one. Uh, quite like the look of that. Uh, after his performance this weekend as well, Nico Springer against Danny Lauby. Yeah. Boise, uh, round one ties. I like the look of the third one on stage five. John O'Shea against Nathan Rafferty. Not a tie that either of them would have wanted in round one. Not nice at all. Um, just looking through a couple of others. Interested to see how Josh Roth performs this weekend. Uh, a lot of focus is going to be around him. So, him opening, uh, playing third game on. Stage four against Damian Mall. Uh, just for me, I'm looking more at the, the players that we've seen a lot of on Live League. Looking at like stage eight, Sean McDonald, Tevin Burness, all had very, very good uh, years on the Live League. And then obviously with the rest of it, the um, Tards this year. So they're the ones for me in that back end. But that one on stage five is probably the, the one I'm looking forward to. John O'Shea now from Rafferty to be a really, really good round one time. Yeah, no, I agree. There's also a few that these two had an absolute belter of a Q school. Um, Mario van der Bogengaard against Jules van Dongen. I'm looking forward to in round one. They um, they tore up the, the UK Q school and they meet in round one. So I'm looking forward to that one. Of course, I'm looking forward to seeing Richie Burnett back at the UK Open. Who wouldn't be? Um... But yeah, Bradley Brooks against Roby John is an absolute belter. Matt Campbell, Sebastian Bilalecki, love that game. 
uh, then the winners progress to round number two. Again, I'm just going to flip between the the two graphics for the moment. David Evans against Keen Barry. That one whets the appetite. Louis Williams, Martin Schindler. What else? I have a scroll through we've got so, there was another yeah, round one game no, that I'm really, I'm really against Diogo Portea yeah Riley's qualifiers on the same day I believe yeah uh, weekly darts caster in hope you are good mate <coughs> yeah just just looking at the top of the round two there's a potential for uh, Yella Class and Cameron Menzies tie which would be very, very interesting about, to watch. I was um, about to say that if, if Yellow can get past Mark Rice, Cameron Menzies against Yellow Class, and yes, please, <coughs> that could be over in about yeah, that, 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, that, that should be very, very good. Bit um, disappointed it's not on one of the uh, two boards, the ITV board on the streaming board. Um, one that stands out of it. Because of his performance the weekend, it's going to be interesting to see what um, to chuck under this weekend. He's coming up against Brett Clayden, which won't be easy in round two. Very, very intriguing tie. There's a lot of those, but obviously when we move on to round two, there's a lot of them are potential ties. Uh, yeah. Those are certainly what stand out for me in round two. Connor Scott plays the winner of Van Dongen and Van Bogard. I'm looking forward to that one, potentially. Um, Scott Waits again. Sagansky, if he beats Wesley Place here, I like that. Yeah. Again, let us know in the chat room your potential games that you like the look of uh, <coughs> as well. Um, there's that one. The winner of Shawnee Mack and Jamie Clark plays Martin Lukeman. I quite like that one. Martin Lukeman's played some really, really good stuff lately. People like Sean McDonald potentially using this as a massive warm-up to Lakeside as well. And look, if Sean gets it right, we've seen how consistent he can be. Yeah, um, we've had that. We've had that. Yeah. Um, Brian Roman gets the bye in round two. He was due to face Boris Koltsov, but he gets the bye there. And then... Round three is where some of the bigger names come in. Not the not the big, big boys, but, but some of them. And I know this is literally if, buts and maybes, but there are some potentially juicy ties in this one. Um, Keegan Brand will play either Matt Campbell, Sebastian Bidalecki or Joe Mernon. E e either one of them. Uh, the one dialogue is when in round three it's just a player versus a player because you've had a stinker of a draw then because you've drawn somebody entering at the same round as you. So Barney Willie Borland is a stinker for both of those players. Yes, you're entering in round three. Yes, you haven't got somebody that's already played, I guess. It, it can do, though, but the flip of it, and I don't want to sound like I'm um, picking on one ear, but you look at stage two and Madders Rasma playing Jamie Hughes, I think he'd be happier with that 
tied with Jamie Hughes just as the form is in than what he would playing someone who's done through probably two games earlier on that day. So it can, but it also depends on who it is. Barney would not have wanted Willie Borland and Willie Borland wouldn't have wanted Barney on that main stage. But it, it depends who it is because there's a few people in that round three or something at round three who are not in the form that's got them into that position. To I'll tell you what. And in, went round two. The the playing round three, are they at a big disadvantage? Because they could be potentially playing someone that has already won two games. Or certainly at least oh, they've won on. one. Yeah, I think it depends too, doesn't it? It depends how they come through those games. Like they come through two scrappy battles, mid-80s averages, then probably not. They come through averaging a ton, confidence booming, etc. Jumping around the venue, then yeah, maybe. That stage two, round three games are ridiculous. <laughs> Hughes Rasma, possibly Kachuk, Ross Smith, Louis Williams, Jeff Smith, or Schindler, Kim Hybrex, Luke Peters, is that Scott Marsh, or Bert DeVos. I tell you what, there's, there's one round three one. Steve West at the last set of Pro Tours, there were some good, good signs there, and he could potentially play Brown, Rock, or Mole. So, again, Josh, could be a good little game, that one. Um, Luke Woodhouse will play Everts, Fullwell, or Maine. Uh, May says, yes, Phil, 100%. Yeah, I, I agree that I look at whoever wins the Dave Evans Keen Barry game, they're both confidence players and rhythm players. The fact they played against Jeffrey Deswan, I think puts Deswan at a big disadvantage. Yeah, I think it also, I think one thing to consider as well, because of the swapping round of stages and where you come in, it also depends how much your weight is from your one game to the other. I think if it's pretty quick afterwards, it probably plays more into your hands than. If you've got an hour, hour and a half, maybe wait until that next day, um, then that advantage can potentially swing the other way. Because you've got that adrenaline from that first day, and it, obviously you've done away, you're back in the practice room, you could be waiting then a little bit. So it, it does depend, as Dob says, around who you're playing, but also that little time in between your round one and round two, Dame, and potentially two to three, as we've seen some who have pretty quickly come off stage and then a bat on, not that long after. So there is all that state into consideration, but that's why we have so many shots in uh, in the UK Open at um, round two, three, and even going into round four, to some of them have played there so many day, um, games in the afternoon that it puts them in a good stead down into that night game. Um, someone says, does Barney live over here? No, no he still lives in Holland. Um, so... Um, that that's that one. Um, the, someone asked, "Is the draw still done live?" Um, yeah. So after round three, they'll have a combination of Mace Della and Alan Warner. Normally, it's a combination of those those guys that will pull the the magical balls out of the and could create absolute chaos when the big boys enter. So could you imagine? The right I was about to say, could you imagine <laughs> if it gets pulled out? Mace, you heating them that two would... numbers up? 
<laughs> are, we to, are, we to, are we trying to suggest there's heated and hot and cold balls in drawers? <laughs> it wouldn't matter in my head. Everything will be bloody freezing by the time it drops in. There we go. Uh, if it actually happens now, somebody's going to get this up and go, holy crap. <laughs> but, the other thing as well is for a player this is a nightmare for the players coming in at stage four and the players at stage three is your prep because you don't know when you're going to be on so if you're coming in at round four you've got to be ready to go at half six or seven o'clock whatever the first time game is or you could be lost and vice versa yeah. if you play late in round three and then early in round four you're still going to be warm or you could play really early on three and then late on four and it's almost like a brand new session these are all the dynamics that people have to work out in their heads and a lot of it is getting that strategy right more than the actual game it is I do have one criticism of this tournament, I can't lie, is that we get the same players on the big TV screen. And I get why, but there are some absolute belter draws that are just going to sneak in later on. And you know full well, Saturday evening, if they're still in, you're going to get MVG on stage, you're going to get Gerwin Price on stage, no matter who they're playing against, etc. And I get why TV companies do it. ITV get a limited chance to broadcast the game in comparison to Sky, etc. But especially in the middle of the Premier League, this is the worst timing for it possibly because we're so used to seeing those eight players already. Just want to see some other names on that big TV stage. Yeah. Makes us put they've got to make sure they don't over practice hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I, look, there are certain players that I would worry would massively over-practice. Um, Rob, yeah, you had a great run in 2018, mate. Yeah. That was still I the think best. We were saying it the other day. You look superb in the live league while you're wearing the knee brace. Dimmy obviously won what he won while he was wearing a knee brace. I think I just need to get one. Well, there's nothing wrong with me. Just want a knee brace and I start playing good darts. There's a, there's a lot wrong with you, mate, just not with a knee. <laughs> I remember that, that that 2018 UK Open was hilarious when they put the cameras round and you had Mickey Mantle in a beanie hat and fingerless gloves and things like that. 12 people sat in the crowd because they were players' guests. Guests on site because they'd already made the journey. Wouldn't send them home but weren't allowed to come and watch it because it was unsafe. Madness. Yeah. Uh, Bob, I believe there is news on the World Series coming in the next three to four weeks, potentially. 
certainly by Easter that we'll know whether what world watch World Series events are going ahead. Um, we obviously know New York and Copenhagen will happen. Um, but then we don't know. It will be interesting. So we always do it. And this is going to be absolute complete luck if any of us three get it right or anyone in the chat room gets it right. But I would like your UK Open final and winner, everyone. And if anyone gets this right, this will be absolute genius. I'm not going to lie. I was worried then you was going to say like quarter finalist onwards or something. Right, like that. I, 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 say, no, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't do quarterfinals in this. Um. Belters in the oh, chat room coming in, loving these. Absolutely loving them. Keep them coming. By the way, how good has the chat room been tonight? Absolutely electric. I'm going to be quite boring with my winner. I think we have a new world number one. I think Peter Wright wins it this weekend. Who does he beat in the final? Um, I think... We have a repeat of last year's match play final, and he beats Dimitri. I see signs of Dimi playing well last weekend, and I think they'd have a good run. So, Peter Wright to beat Dimitri. I can't lie, for the past three, four months, I've sort of forgotten Dimitri exists. Yeah. He's been there, but the you know what I mean? It's not been like, since he lost the match play title, two TV finals last year, but... One thing I do hope with that this weekend is I really want the time that Peter Wright does become world number one is that it's by him beating Derwin Price. So I do hope at some stage, I know we was joking around that sort of... Uh, the two balls being a bit warmed up, but I do hope at some stage across the weekend we do have that clash, even if it does go the other way of price. I just think that in that, I know we're going to see it on Thursday, but that in that in a another uh, number one battle, I think it'll be very interesting. It'd be disappointed if he got it by not winning the tournament or not beating price on route to it. So hopefully we don't have some literally stage. any point apart from waving well, the final, wouldn't it? If they literally, if they meet at any point. Peter right wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Gob, who are you going for? I really, really just want to call a final of two outsiders, like two first timers, but I just don't see if you lose a Gerwin Price or a Peter Wright early, I just don't see you then losing a Johnny Clayton, a Michael Van Gerwin, and whoever else. I just don't know which one of them to pick to stay in it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm looking at Luke Humphreys, who has a decent record here. 
Um, Damon Hetter looks to be in good form. Even as an outsider, as someone like Kim Hybrex or Daryl Gurney, who could sneak under the radar because of the draw. But it's difficult to look past. The same final I've got in the Premier League. Price MBG, MBG. Yeah. Who wins? Going price still. I I agree with what you were saying there. I think that I I'd like you. I'd love to call a rank outsider but in both of them, but I don't think the way it is that we'll lose all of the big hitters. One at least one of the big four will make the final it's just a case of plotting which one it is um obviously they could draw each other friday night or whatever like could all start taking each other out that's the issue is with no draw bracket you can't really plot routes for anybody but i just don't see Um, all four of the big four at the minute. Like, I appreciate Johnny Clayton's eighth in the world, but he is the big four right now. I don't see all four of them not making the final in some guys. Yeah. I think I think Dobie's going to have a good run. I think Luke Humphreys is going to have a good run. <clears throat> I am going to go for a final of Gerwin Price will play Luke Humphreys in the final. However, the world number one will remain world number one and add the UK Open to his ever-growing collection of titles. Price to beat Humphreys in the final for me. I'm definitely changing my mind once we see the Premier League Thursday night as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Sam says, is Van Gerwen um, in the big four still or is it only a big three now? He's still part of the big four, mate. Just look at the Premier League a couple of weeks ago. Yes, look, it's yes. inconsistent. But when he's on, it is still... Yeah, I'd probably stay in Corinthians. In If he hasn't won a pro tour or Euro tour by the match play, then he's out of it. Um, Paul Hogan to win that. That would be a story. The professional amateur. Um, so that is the UK Open. Um, Danny says, could MVG fall out of the top four this weekend? Yes, he could. Because he is defending 100,000 ranking points this weekend. So That's a lot of money. That's why I said ranking Wait points, mate. Wade up to three. He could. However, James Wade's record at Minehead is horrific. 
Can I remind you who the defending champion is? Where was it won? I wasn't at mine, was it? Yeah, fair point. Correct. Yeah, right. Michael Smith to move up to three, though. He's only defending a few thousand from two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mace. We are coming on to that one in a minute. Um, so that was the Premier League. Uh, we haven't got any slides for the next lot because I shouldn't have time to make them all. So we're just going to talk about them. We're going to start with the live league. It is Champions Week starting tomorrow. And Colin Osborne won week number four, beat Lisa Ashton in the final. And we called it last week. Lisa Ashton was 33 to one to win her week. If you backed her each way, like Mace did, and, and we thing, it was just price was insane. And even better, she actually went to 40 to one on last Sunday. Um, or before, before she played, she was still 40 to one. I think about um, Monday morning or whatever. Um, unreal. But the Lancashire Rose is there along with Jim McEwen. And finals night on Saturday, boys, was absolutely mint on the Live League. Some of the darts was just through the roof. I told you I fell asleep during the Eurotour. I wasn't awake for the, for the Live League. I've seen the results. I did go back and watch uh, a few of the darts just to see the results, actually. It was quicker to drop onto YouTube and skip back through the video to see what happened. Lisa Ashton missing match darts to win the week um, after she finally got some revenge on Jim McEwen. Sorry, Jim, I know you had two of your best career performances ever against her earlier in the week. Uh, we joked last week, but he didn't want to play. She got a bit of revenge in that semi-final. Um, but superb in that third-place playoff as well to make sure you stayed down there. Um, Colin Osborne just has this knack, doesn't he, Phil? He rocks up on a Monday or a Tuesday, starts a little bit slowly, builds it up through the week, starts hitting tops with that little bit more confidence... <laughs> and then by the end of it, he's in finals week or he's in um, finals night, drops himself into champions week. Lovely. Uh, Mike, I will answer that one now for you. So there is a change to the final week. Uh, Paul Hogan will not be in champions week. He has qualified and will play in the UK Open. The beneficiary of that is Mike Warburton, who finished fourth in week number three. So Hoagie finished runner-up. Everyone is bumped up. Daryl Pilgrim went to runner-up. Mike Warburton takes the third place. So Champions Week in the Live League looks like this. Josh Payne, uh, Scott Baker, Robert Owen, Colin Osborne, Lisa Ashton and Jim McEwen make up Group A. Group B, Chaz Barstow and Mike Gillett come in. And Group C, Andy Jenkins, Thibaut Tricol, Daryl Pilgrim and Mike Warburton. What a week of darts that is, boys. Absolutely unreal on the Live League. It's getting a bit good, not isn't it? too shabby, is it? Not too shabby. What a field. And there's a few big names coming in for Phase 2 as well. So after this week, we have a week off. And then Phase 2... 
of this year's starts. And again, there's some more names coming in. We have an ex-world you, champion making their live league debut. You're not name-dropping one, Mr. Bars. No. No, we're going to tease you all. There will be some <laughs> teasers on social media during the week off. Um, I know. I, I think. I think I know what you're on about. I think Dob's still thinking about who Gabriel Clemens lost to a few months ago, and it didn't have an impact on his form. So. <laughs> 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 um, so that is that. We've also got some players coming back in, um, like Darren Beveridge and, and people like that. Justin Smith that didn't play in. Phase one will we'll be coming back in at, at some point in phase two, no doubt. Um, May says, uh, then I'm back for week one in phase two, then back for week three and four. Superb. Um, Hang on. We're all trying to work champions. it. Yes. Oh, I think I know. I think I know. Um, Should they have been shot at birth? <laughs> What was that? Should they have been shot at birth? Did they throw with the wrong hand? No. Oh. Um, Gail is interested. Jim McEwen to win. Um, the McEwen fan club are in the house. Look, Jim's played some sensational stuff. He will be a huge, huge danger. Um, so, yeah, that is the um, that is the live league. <laughs> Um, what else have we missed in a week of darts? <laughs> um, I don't oh. think if that is. Um, we had was it some of the Slovakian Open for the WDF? I didn't watch any of it. Uh, I know Scott Marsh lost in the final. Laura Turner won the ladies. Yeah. Um, County this weekend, that's where I was. That's why yeah. I'm so knackered. Just standing still for 36 matches a weekend is a long old task. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Everybody's guessing who the former world champion is. Quite everyone guessing, haven't we? Um, some interesting bits coming up. Tickets have gone sale for the. World Seniors Masters at Lakeside. So make sure you get them after the success of the Railway Tavern. Railway Tavern? Circus Tavern? That's where I'm playing Ooh, darts tavern. tomorrow night. That's where I'm, that's where I'm playing darts you... tomorrow night. Is it since we last spoke? Both the Masters and the Match Play have added a third date. So we're doing Friday right. for those events. Fields have been extended to 20 as well from 16. Um, yeah, it's looking... Pretty good. Didn't since last Monday was it on Tuesday it was announced about polling? Was that since? Yep, you won the vote on Tuesday. That was when it was meant to finish. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, everyone keep, keep guessing. We'll drop some teasers on social media in regards to that one. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think. We're going to open up the chat room as well for question time. 
now. So get your questions in. Um, I don't think we've missed anything else in a week, have we? I think we've covered everything. I think so, yeah. I'm just looking at all the desks in the chat room of who's going to be playing at uh, Live League. A lot of desks. Yeah. <laughs> no, Maybe nothing else. Not I think. Um, but now, Ed, I know a lot of people are asking about Web, Mark Webster. Mark Webster will be returning. Don't worry about that. Um, but well, I thought due to his, he, he, he can't play at the moment because of his Premier League commitments. Yeah, he's he's commentating on every Premier League. So uh, we need um, to. He needs to hit more doubles than him. Wow, this is a good good couple of questions here. Yeah, when it just needs to a bit like Price and MVG a few years ago, Price just couldn't get over the line. Once he's done it once, it will be all right. It's just that first one making it happen. Uh, Harry it is in the south of the country. Go any further south, you'll be in the water. I only, live, I only live about half an hour from there. That's why it's good. Um, good one from Philip. He says, do you think there should be replacements at the UK Open for the tour card holders that have withdrawn? Absolutely, mate. I think there's yes. enough time that we've known Unterbuchner isn't going to have been playing for weeks and there's still enough time to get a replacement for Boris Koltsov in. How you pick that replacement is up to the thing, whether it's a place of the Dev Tour, the Challenge Tour, or, or whatever. I'm... Neither. Women's Series 1 and 2. Get the highest ranked Fallon Sherrick in. I put Fallon and Lisa in, it adds to the product. 100%. But look, that's not going to please everyone. But yes, but the original I thought Dom was answering a previous question from tonight's show then. I wasn't sure that that's where we've done hey. it. Um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, was, I would have it in. I, I think they should have been filled. Um. <laughs> Agent says, what's the furthest that Riley's qualified the UK Open has gone? Fifth round? It's got to be either Rob Cross or Barry Lynn. Maybe a Paul Hogan. Did Linda yeah, I, remember when Barry, it... I remember when Barry Lynn beat Gary Anderson because I was there, um, yeah. not as media. I was, actually there, I was actually there on a player's guest list as a fan that weekend. Gary was current world champion and was less than happy to be put on board two. Yes. <laughs> to, to say he was there, I know, yeah, Lynn quarterfinals, I know. I know Mace was there that year. Some of Gary's language was rather blue, shall we say. 
when he was told he was current world champion and not on the main stage. Imagine doing that. See, that was the point I was making earlier, though. I think that might be why it hasn't happened since. We are pretty much, as long as they avoid each other, guaranteed to see Marco Van Gerwen, Gerwin Price, and Johnny Clayton on the Peter main Ryan, stage. Yeah, but an angry Gary Anderson is a better Gary Anderson. No, this, this wasn't angry Gary Anderson. This was absolutely raging, seething, wanted to kill anything that moved Gary Anderson. He, 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 he gone past... It come past angry. Sam, what sex um, is it? Genuine point about using the ladies' women's yeah. series top two because they've already got top eights from Dev Tour and Challenge Tour that have filled it. Then you've had Q school since that will mess mm. up the order of the players below that might have finished ninth from that the now are sitting in tour cards and then you're scrolling too far down. The only oh, tour that isn't that. a or left for players to come in is the top two from the ladies series yeah Sam that yeah, makes I, no sense the only the only thing for me that would probably be quite strange is if then they mentioned it now with reserves if it was something in the criteria moving forward then I would dead it but it certainly doesn't fall under the category of um, Sam's comment for me anyway don't see why, but it's something they should look at. Did what we? What show are you watching? I was going to say, Sam, what, what, have you got, have you got <laughs> something different? I, yeah, yeah, mate, so I'm, I'm confused as well. Yeah. Sam, I'd, 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 I'd rewind it and listen to it back. Yeah. That definitely didn't happen. I was going to say, that definitely didn't happen. <laughs> Feels, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely, Rose. Sam's been on the glute. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to hammer down too much. I'm just com- confused. Like Sam's normally very good at contributing to the chat room, but I think yeah. you've missed that one, mate. Yeah. That, that's definitely wrong. Jackie Oatley will be presenting the UK Open, yeah. Connor, she's part of the team. Fantastic. As always, yeah. Um, Jamie said, how did oh. Mark Webster get into commentary? Um, yeah, May said earlier he's had better, and then the Garner Wright referred to the earlier comment, yeah, because I couldn't work out who Gabriel Clemens had lost to and then gone on a slide. He lost to Fallon Chero. Yeah. Correct. That was the comment earlier, because I didn't remember Clemens losing to Fallon at the Grand Slam. Nothing to do yeah, with Mason is ever made in common. Direct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Mark, when he was um, career was on on the slide, shall we say? Um, Sky got him in to do some some punchy work, and it went very very well, and and went from there. And he's turned into an absolute top top class broadcaster, along with the likes of Mace. Um, Wayne and people like that, he's up there with the very best in the game. 
to be fair, I actually think we're exceptionally lucky on the Live League that we have got some of the best pundits in the world that do our commentary on the Live League. Agree. Agree. I'm lucky that I don't get closer as I'd never have got a job. <laughs> um, so yeah that was um that was that one we wish he does a win some games in the UK and if he gets a good draw um look if he draws go in price no if he draws someone lower down the rankings or whoever you, you don't know there were a few signs at the last pro tour that there were improvements from Glenn Still not up there with the three times world champion, but improvements from what we saw last year. Would you agree, boys? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's certainly, there's certainly yeah. levels. Yeah, there's, imp there's improvements there. I'm just still, um, as with anyone this weekend, the draw is so important. But for Glenoff, I'm not sure we're still at that level as much as he improved where we can compete with those other players who are in the top 32. So the draw would need to be very kind and going to get that sort of run this weekend. I'm not seeing it just yet, but hopefully there is signs that we will see that as the year progresses. Yeah, agreed. Um... Behave, mate. I've got to be there. I do, I do the social media. You can have Lee instead. <laughs> Uh, Paul says, will the asset play in the live league? Yes, he will. Um, Paul's already said he's going to have a, he is going to play at some point. So, yeah, uh, Kieran says, how do you think Jackpot will do at the UK Open? I would love to say we get the vintage Adrian Lewis and he does really well, but I just don't know is the honest answer. Yeah. Um, we've, we've probably, that afternoon session, he's one of the players who... When we was previewing the Danes earlier on, Lou, um, Adrian Lewis is, a, is one It's very difficult to, to pick that one out as there's four potential players, but he's a player who I'm looking forward to seeing back on the stage. Um, for different reasons, someone like Temple as well, who had a back in the last year. There's individuals across them first two boards who I'm really looking forward to seeing. Not expecting big things from Lewis, but I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the stage and seeing if he can have a, get a few wins under his belt. Maybe they're into that Saturday. Is that the evening session would be a decent run from how he's performed recently? Yeah. Um, Philip says, do you think the prize fund for the UK Open is low compared to other TV events? Good question. I love having Philip in the chat room because he comes up with some absolute belters. Um, I say only. It's only under a grand, isn't it, for the winner in this? And I don't yeah. mean hundred grand is not a lot of money, but in terms, of, <laughs> I'll take it. In in terms of the others, um, the match play is now. <coughs> the two hundred. That went up. The slam was one two five. So, in terms of prize money, the slam's worth more. The, the one thing that I guess for me with the open is the bottom, end, for the, winner. the bottom end of it. I'd like to see money for first round loss where there isn't. I think for getting here for a lot of the Riley's qualifiers, there should be something there. 
the UK Open wasn't touched. No. When the British money increase happened in 2020, it was announced in December. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it should have been one that got boosted in the new prize money shake-up. Um, yeah, I, I agree, but I, I still think it probably should have at the bottom end of that more than it's at the top currently. I think there should be something in there for, for getting to the first round or first round loses it would show us. I, I agree. I think there should be something for getting there. But also, they need to balance out the top end of all the other tournaments. Yeah. To get yeah. it close to the Worlds is the problem. Yeah. So, I don't get this obsession with getting the prize money for the Worlds for a million pounds. The news article for a week, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed but to yeah. it. But it's more, more the... The ranting system needs to be amended if that's something that the Nadal do. As we've seen now. Good work, Jack. Love that. <laughs> uh, Kieran says, what format is the UK Open? Um, so it's just leg play. Um, what is it? Best of 11 in the first... What? Three yeah, rounds, best of eleven, one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah, nineteen up until the semis, and then best of twenty-one semis and final. Yeah. Um, next player, you think that will dip into commentary? Um, don't know is the honest answer. So, a couple of them have already. I, I'm genuinely not a fan of players currently playing being pundits because they don't give opinions because they're still playing against these players and are in and around it. That's why look, Alan Warren and Little, and this is nothing I haven't said to Mace or anything like that, I think Alan Warren and Little, such a nice guy, but because of his position in the PDPA, when he does the ITV punditry work, doesn't give an opinion because he can't upset players because of that position within the PDPA. Yeah. So that, that that's why I'm, I'm I'm not a fan of of current players still being pundits because I, I don't think they give opinions when that's what they're there to do. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of people dropping Sean Murphy and Ronnie in this new colour. Merv's done it on the Euro Tour before. Devon's done it before. Um, I know he's not with us anymore, but Kyle's done a little bit on the Euro Tour a couple of times as well. I think it's as much about the players going up to the production team and going, I want to have a go at this once I'm knocked out, as it is about the other way around going, do you fancy a crack at this? Yeah, Mace has said it there, hand, hands are tied, as in, yeah, exactly. And, and I fully understand his position. Um, the thing is, Ronnie's a bit different because everyone says that no one is ever bigger than a sport. However, I disagree. Ronnie is bigger than snooker in the UK. So he just does what he wants. Um, evening, nice AJ. Hope you are good. <laughs> He's got a very nice deal with your sport. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philip said in. Um, it used to be on RTL, didn't it? it? Used to get an awful lot of 
Vincent van der Voort used to get himself in a bit of trouble uh, while he was on telly. Yeah. Uh, evening, Johnny. Um, what else have we got in here? Some really, really good ones. Phil did the match play once. Yeah, um, he did night one of the match play the year after he retired. To be fair, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Phil actually enjoyed it. That's why he's not done it what? since. Um, Sam Phil has been asked to play in the live league last year and um, couldn't because of other commitments and stuff like that. Um, never say never. Matty says Edgar's done a bit for Sky before. He'd probably be the next one, I think. He's done the outside bit, hasn't he, from the venue as like a Roman yeah. report thing. Yeah. I'm not sure he'll be on there as a. Toms or pro. I'm a hundred percent with this one. Let Vincent loose with a microphone. Yes, please. No, I am down for that. Because no, look, Henry says Vince would be the Roy Keane of darts punditry. I don't enjoy Roy Keane as a pundit. It's just miserable. Sure. Oh, I do. Like a rich, open him up a little bit. For but for the last three years before that, Roy Keane was good for a soundbite to put on Twitter, going, "Ha ha, look how funny and brutal Roy Keane is." Didn't actually add anything. I think he's brilliant. If anyone hasn't watched it yet, watch the overlap live on YouTube. So good, it's unreal. I absolutely that, that side of him is brilliant, but you, we, we, we're not used to seeing that side of him, are you? Yeah. Um, so, what else have we got here? Again, you lot have been absolutely smashing it tonight. Superb. Um... Um, Winita, if you're paying, I'll come to us. JJ says, is 20 grand darts any good? I currently use 17s. Um, JJ, dart, uh, as in what dart you use is pure personal preference and what works for you. Um, we can't say go to this, it'll work. It's uh, what darts you throw are pure down to you. Um, get Freddie Fintoff and Stephen Fry back in the commentary box. The first Freddie one, when he was absolutely trolleyed, was hilarious. When they dragged him out of the VIP bit. You don't drink anymore. No, I know, yeah, but the, back, back then he did. That, back then he was proper Freddie. I'd have Freddie back, definitely. Yeah. Um, cheers, Craig. Thank you very much. Uh, Rose, I don't know how their play is going in um, Holland, to be brutally honest. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I think Clarky's doing really, really well. He seems to be busy on social media still, which is, which is obviously brilliant. Still doing lots of his charity work and, and stuff like that. Clarky tweeted something either yesterday or the day before. I've got a notification for one of the accounts, but. Yeah. I was upset that Bielsa had gone. That's it. <laughs> uh, interesting. About the beer play coverage. Basically, like a Netflix sport version, isn't it? Like Amazon Prime and Design, pretty much. Over here. The thing is, in the UK especially, we're used to having to pay for darts, whether it's on Sky or whatever. So, obviously, but it's a new thing in... I'm going to get Premier League to be played in Dubai for one round. I don't think it will, Maliki. Don't get me wrong. There is a lot of money in the Middle East for sport. But the issue is, in terms of broadcasting for TV, etc., darts relies on the crowd an awful lot more than a lot more of any other sport you could really put out there. The F1 works because you've got gorgeous views. You don't really need a crowd that they can race in. With, with no fans live watching a race, but for darts, you need people having a bit of fun. However, if they offer enough money, we all know Barry and he love a pound note. Oh, yeah, but if the money's right, it'll happen. And it's, it's a business. Matty, do you think Darts will ever get a Netflix series? No, but I would love it to have one. Could you imagine? But, but no, I don't, because there'd be too much that they wouldn't want broadcast to the world. Correct. But it would be I amazing. Who you follow around? Who would who would get enough interest unless you were already following Fallon when she won at the World Championships? And if COVID hadn't ruined that year, you could have gone from the build-up to the Worlds, the Worlds, the World Series and the Billie Jean King, etc. That is probably the only thing that would have been Netflix-worthy, if you get what I mean. Was that more a behind-the-scenes general dark style instead of specific dub? That was being asked. I don't know. Like that uh, button tonight. But yeah. What's that? Like that button tonight. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just have a time out, mate. <laughs> just go and sit on your sofa. Funny you should say that, Paul. Premier League finals this year are in Berlin.
it was sort of going to be then it wasn't wasn't it then it was going to be Newcastle and then it got moved again etc yeah do you think this might be the unhappy accident that potentially moves another big one abroad oh look for me, the Premier League at the O2 for finals night never worked anyway. It was always the worst atmosphere out of the 17 nights. No, I'm, I'm, so, not, I'm not talking Premier League. I'm thinking, is this where we start seeing more televised majors shipped around um, the world? Possibly. Again, the issue is it's only over one night. We've already got the World Cup in Germany. Crowds are okay yeah. for that in terms of size. I'm, I'm, the issue with picking anything up and moving is you have to have an audience big enough to sustain more than one day. I've noticed in Holland from watching darts there live a couple of times that if there's no Dutch or when the Dutch go out, they go very quiet and are not interested. Where in the UK, they'll go and support anyone. So I think yeah. I think the prospect of having a week long tournament in Holland for that reason doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah, it makes I, I appreciate it's only in Berlin because of logistics now, but there was talks of being abroad was it eighteen months ago before the last one got yeah, shelved before, and before COVID they moved the finals to Amsterdam or Berlin, but one of them was meant to be hosting previously. Then obviously it wasn't this year, it was Newcastle because of logistics. And then etc. But yeah, I can't see it going down under Emery because the time difference in the UK oh. is just just too far gone for your biggest audience. But I do see um, a Hollywood Germany hosting something. Yeah, I do as well. Um, Nico, it's um, not darts, but I think Reigns beats Lesnar at WrestleMania. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Euro Tour events in Holland haven't seen much success in terms of yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I agree, Philip. I'm not sure that Holland is is the answer. Henry, yes, yes, yes. There will be something big at Budapest. I think. Obviously, lucky enough to go there last year. That was one of the travels that I did get to go go to. And the arena at Budapest, with all due respect to the Euro Tour, was too big and too good for a Euro Tour. I think it was being groomed for something else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Budapest potentially for something. The issue with a big venue, though, is that it can be too big. If you're going to groom it for something else... Yeah. Premier League nights and Euro tours work to an extent. Look at Gibraltar when it doesn't sell out on a Thursday or Friday. You get you get school kids Saturday watching. There's still only about forty people in there. The issue with a massive venue, you, you need a decent sized venue for a, for a TV tournament week long. You almost need something that holds somewhere between fifteen hundred and two and a half thousand, because any more and you're having to sell a ridiculous amount of tickets. You think how long it took them to turn the venue round at Ali Pali to get the extra seats in. They only made that decision when they had 10 times the amount of tickets available demand pre-sale. 
people signed up for interest, people trying to get hold of tickets. They could have sold out Ali Pali ten times over before they turned it round. If you're only selling out yeah. Budapest once, so or you're not even quite selling it out for the one night it's being used, the same with Berlin, same with the Ahoy, you can't suddenly put a week-long tournament there because there just isn't a demand for it, or it'll fizzle out throughout the week, etc. You'll get 25% capacity first couple of nights, build it up, you might get 60 or 70 by the time you hit the final. King's done comments, really. King's done a few Euro tours. Yeah. Well, folks, it is 10 p.m. And I'll tell you what, boys, the two hours tonight have absolutely flown by. What a show we have had tonight. Everyone, give yourselves a huge round of applause. It has been our pleasure to keep you entertained for the last few hours. Remember, it is a huge week of darts. Champions Week kicks off tomorrow, 930 on our YouTube channel, Group A gets underway two days to book your place in the final. Otherwise, it will be Groups B and C. Premier League on Thursday, UK Open Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Online Darts is the only place to be. So if you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn notifications on, because us lot are going to keep you entertained over the next week. And of course, the Live Lounge will return next Monday, where we will talk you through all things UK Open and everything. I've been Phil Bars, Lee Boyce, Jack Gobby Garwood. Absolute tremendous show. That is us three signing off for another week. Thank you very much. Stay safe and we'll see you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 